There we are. We're back, ladies and gentlemen. It's Franco Panizo and Jose Armando back in the house for the final time in 2023. Look, Jose is very, very pumped. And so are the viewers because we've got some pretty big numbers. Maybe it's part of the holiday festive joy, but we've got some pretty big numbers here at the start of the show. Uh, apologies to start for not having had a show in a month. But we've been in the festive spirit as well as just been busy running around with, uh, well, in Jose's case, Copa America draws, friendlies, a whole bunch of other planning for 2024. We've got a lot of things in store and a lot of things in mind for you guys. So, again, Franco Penizo here asking for your forgiveness once again for such a, a long time without a pod. And what pod are we listening to? Well, of course, this is Miami Total Football Radio, the show, or Miami Total Football Radio, the show. That was a good one. For the first one back in a month and the last one of the year, that, that was a good one. Uh, we'll, we'll start first with Jose Armando's Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. Jose, I'm not going to ask you how you've been. We're going to start with your overall holiday. How was it? What did you do? What did Santa give you? And by Santa, I mean our other co-host who's not here today, Andrea Yanis. Um, well, we worked during Christmas, Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. On Christmas Eve, we had the Dolphins, and on Christmas Day, the Miami Heat. So it was a little bit of an unusual holiday. Uh, we were, you know, talking about it. When was the last time that um, the Dolphins and the Heat had back-to-back games on during, during Christmas? And mm-hmm. um you know that's something to to check, but it did it did happen this year. You never know when it's going to happen again. You know, for that to happen, obviously both teams need to be relevant, or um, Christmas Eve needs to be on a Sunday, which it, it was the case this year, so that we have um, NFL. But nonetheless, I think it was it was great. We were um, back home around ten thirty, eleven on Christmas Eve, and as you know, we really celebrate Christmas Eve more than Christmas Day. So that was the big day, but still, you know, it was it was fun. It was we got what got some good stuff. Yeah, I, I can't complain. So you would be a terrible quote in a press conference, Jose, because the question <laughs> was, what did you get from Santa Claus, aka Andrea Yanis? Were you were you on the naughty list or the nice list? And you've completely avoided that question. So either uh, no, I got intentionally a, I, avoiding, or you just missed the no, question. No, um, I just got a lot of things that I wanted, you know, throughout my birthday is on, on December. Like, 20th. like, come on, come on, Jose. Come uh, on, like got, um, Happy belated birthday to Jose. Happy belated birthday. <laughs> I, I got I got FIFA, I got um, Call of Duty, all, all the things that I want, all the things that were on my list, I got them. So yeah, I can't complain. Can't complain. It was great. Nice, very nice. Uh, I was How about with the you? family. I was with the family. Uh, gifts wise, I mean, I got some colognes, the usual, but I did gift myself some nice things. I got a Nintendo Switch, which I've been wanting for a all little right. bit. I got some new gym sneakers that I've been needing. Uh, what else did I get? I got a Jimmy Choo cologne, which that was given to me. It was a nice gift Who? from a dear what? friend. A Jimmy Choo cologne. It's oh, a nice Jimmy, gift. Jimmy Choo is that? Is that like the next big thing, or is it big already? <laughs> um, Jose, I think your uh, your cologne, G- Jimmy, Jimmy, your brand, Choo? your brand knowledge is is worse than your reggaeton knowledge. So I'll just, hey, yeah. I'll just, I'll just leave yeah. it there. But listen, Jimmy I hope Choo. all I hope all the listeners and all the viewers have had you know a good few weeks. Since we lasted a pod, um, I hope you guys had good holidays, regardless of which ones you celebrate or don't celebrate. 
Um, it's good to get back into the flow of things. We will start to get back into a more consistent rhythm because preseason is literally around the corner. It uh, starts effectively uh, on January 10th as of, the, as of the last time we had gotten some information. So we've got a lot to talk about since it's been a month since we last spoke on this show. And actually, as a matter of fact, because I have to bring up facts here, Jose has not been on a pod, has not been on a Miami Total Football a radio episode since, if not mistaken, October 19. So more than two months ago. That's like three shows. Come on now. It's like three shows. But, but, I, but I'm going to make the commitment to be, you know, a little bit of, of I mean, I want to be here every week, but, you know, sometimes I just can't. But it's, it's going to happen in 2024. Such a celebrity, this guy. Such a busy, no, it, it's busy. It's going to happen. It's going to happen in 2024. So strong frog starting us off here, although he said vamos pani earlier in the comment section. He says they got Suarez exclamation point, exclamation point, smiley face. And we've got we've got another comment from Swatnil Saha. Let's go. All right. So let's go. Let's dive right into it because that is the title of this week's pod. That is where we begin because it is the biggest talking point, the most relevant talking point. We will talk about a lot of other things. Julian Gressel, Chris Henderson the new Inter-Miami jersey for 2024, the schedules, preseason and regular season. We're going to talk about all of that. But we're starting with Luis Suarez and Pistolero, the Uruguayan striker. Jose, they finally did it. I mean, it, it felt, I mean, I don't know if you were always as confident, um, you know, about what it, it happening or not. But for me, ever since last summer when Messi arrived and then Busquets and Alba, and there were the links of, of Luis Suarez coming and maybe trying to break up his contract with, with Gremio, I was always convinced that he would be in an Inter-Miami jersey. I can think you can go back pods, you can go back tweets, or whatever they're called now on X. Um, you can go back and see that. I've always been convinced that he was going to arrive. It's just a matter of, of when, not if. And alas, here it is. So just your thoughts on it finally becoming official. And what should we expect in 2024 from Luis Suarez? Uh, yeah, I, I agree 100% with you. I, I think we even had a conversation very early on, you know, um, I think the first comments about Luis Suarez we heard came from Jorge Mas during the summer, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. That little round um, table, that little round table interview. Right. There was no table in the Yeah. Locker. And, um, you know, from that moment, we got a, a sense that, you know, it was just a, a, a martyr. A mar- mar- a martyr of time. See, this rusty. is what happens when you don't come on a pod in two weeks. <laughs> yes. rusty. I mean, two rusty. It, it was just a matter of time. And, um, you know, in terms of what we can expect from him next year, I think, you know, he's, he's going to score goals. I mean, that's that's what Luis Suarez is as a, as a football player. And, and he's going to score goals. That That's for sure. I don't think... Um, you know, what we saw in, in Brazil this year with Gremio, I don't think that's, that's, uh, that's, that's far away from what we have seen from, from Luis Suarez throughout his career. You know, even when he left Barca and went to Atletico, then, you know, the expectation was for his production to come down and he performed again. Um, I think it's a matter of, can he hold on, um, for the entire season or, is Tata Martino and the coaching staff um, going to be able to find a way to, um, you know, manage his load, you know, because 
it, it seems like the problem for him is physically. You know, he 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 wants to be here. I'm sure he's happy to be playing with Messi and and his friends and in MLS. Mm -hmm. I don't think the league matters as much. Just as the fact that you know he's with his friends back playing together, maybe for his last year, who knows? Um, I think he's going to score goals. I just, I just think it's 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 on Tata and the rest of the coaching staff to keep him on the field. And for that, you know, they're going to have to make some tough choices. You know, maybe big game on the road on turf, he doesn't play. It's a big game, but it's not going to play. Long run, it's more important for him to be on the field. Um, for for a lot of matches throughout the year, then win one game that you know it's a rivalry game for per se, you know something like that. So it's you know it's 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 it, he's at, at that point in his career. They really really need to take care of him. He did an interview when he was leaving Gremio, his exit interview, and he talked about a lot of the, the pain he's in in his day to day. He talked about how hard it is for him to walk and to play with his kids and chase after them. Um, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if it's a hundred percent accurate what he said, or if he made it a little more dramatic. I don't know. But I mean, with the way he was scoring goals, and I know he said he's been getting injections and and, and his knee to be able to play. But with the way he was scoring goals in Brazil, I mean, I felt like I could be wrong. I could be wrong. I felt like it was a little bit of a, a little bit sensationalized in terms of how what the shape he's in. I, I agree with you fully that they will have to manage him over the course of 2024, that he's not going to be an every-game starter. Um, is he going to play in every game? Is he going to travel to every game? Probably not. But he's going to be, I think, the starter when healthy in the most important games, right? Because he's got more experience. He's more of a lethal goal scorer than uh, Leonardo Campana, who's still on the books as of today. So, I mean, Luis Suarez is, is being brought in to score goals. And what he just showed in Brazil is that he can still do that at a high level let's not make any mistake about it the brazilian league is at a higher level than mls my opinion yeah. i don't know if you agree but um 100 yeah, mls executives might might not agree but nonetheless it's a big it's a big boost he's not a dp he has signed a one-year deal through the 2024 season there was no official word in the press release as to if there is an option for 2025 but i imagine if he feels good and he's producing why not why not give it one more year and but if Messi we'll comes back for next year as well, for twenty twenty five, Messi will be back. You're the only I, one. I'm just telling you, if no. if if it if it doesn't decide to come back, then Suarez obviously is going to think twice about doing it. That's my point. That's all. That's my only thing. Also, Messi is signed through twenty twenty five. So yes. So but I mean, he Messi. can get out of the contract. He can do whatever he wants. Sure, but I, I think you're the only person that doesn't think he's going to be here to twenty twenty five at least. At least. Let's listen to Luis Suarez. It is in Spanish. He did not do an interview with media. He did an interview with team official channels. It's in Spanish, but there is translation at the bottom in English. So this is Luis Suarez explaining the reasons why he signed Winter Miami at this stage in his career. El proyecto de, de querer ganar. Me gustan los desafíos de, de querer ganar y creo que es un lindo desafío eh, por la afición del cual Lo que he visto contagia muchísimo, te ilusiona muchísimo y eso te genera eh, mucha, mucho entusiasmo para poder competir. Y bueno, y después obviamente la liga viene creciendo mucho. Eh, hay jugadores de, de alto nivel, no solo Inter Miami, sino que en todos los demás clubes. Y eso hace una liga muy competitiva que viene creciendo y, 
y son desafíos que, que uno se pone eh, para, para poder alcanzar esos sueños. All right, well, typical, so, right? I mean, right. So it's a standard stock <laughs> response talking about how you know he's here to win and help lift trophies. Which listen, Inter Miami's there's no make no mistake about it. Inter Miami's looking to add to that trophy uh, cabinet in 2024. So that that part's true, but you know it's it's standard response. Standard response. This is the part that there's a little more. Meat on the bones, a little more substance to why he also is here. He talked about the reunion with his old teammates slash friends, Leo Messi, Sergio Busquets, and Jordi Alba, the three former Barcelona teammates of his. Now you have a Barcelona quartet in the house here at Drive Pink Stadium. So, of course, it's impossible not to talk about that. It's obviously uh, a point and a part of why he's here. He was asked about it. This is what he had to say. Bueno, otra de, de las decisiones que, que tomas de, de Inter son porque tenés amigos y grandes jugadores. No son solo amigos, son jugadores que demuestran en, en cada partido. A nivel mundial son, son muy conocidos. Está el mejor jugador del mundo y eso te genera una expectativa muy, muy linda. Y bueno, después de haber compartido muchísimos años con ellos, haber logrado muchas cosas. Juntos hace que, que nos conozcamos, que no necesitamos mucho tiempo para poder conocernos dentro de la cancha. Y bueno, y creo que por el mismo camino que vinieron ellos, vengo yo de, de querer ayudar y, y tener esa ilusión, ese deseo que tienen todos los hinchas de, de Inter de poder ganar algún título más. All right, Jose, this is where we get to really sink our teeth because I'm going to ask you one of my favorite types of questions. Okay. How much does the friends and having one more opportunity to play with them professionally really factor into this all? If you have to give me a scale of one through 100%, how 100%. much of that is it? <laughs> 100%. That's it. I mean, I have no doubt in my mind that if Messi was playing for Universitario in Peru, Luis Suarez would be playing for Universitario in Peru this year. I have no doubt in my mind. They just want to be together. They just want to have fun. They just you want to want to have one more year. You know, they they. I mean, I think I think Messi really enjoyed his time here. I think he's okay with the decision of coming of coming here, and um, he was able to. You know, it, it's a short time. You know, it's it's not a year. It's six months. But you know, he was able to experience. MLS and and the atmosphere here and and the day to day in South Florida, and I think you know he added that aspect of not the game but life here in South Florida, and you know that was the perfect compliment for Suarez to come over. You know, it's like we're gonna get together. You know, we're gonna get to see each other once again. Um, when Suarez left Barça, that, that was one of the talking points. You know. Um, Messi being away from Suarez. So now they get the reunion. Then there's mm -hmm. Busquets, there's Jordi. Yeah, I mean, look, people, I've had this conversation a lot. And people like to tell me that Messi doesn't have an influence on who comes to the team. You know, those are good players. It's just a coincidence that he comes over. Messi doesn't get into that aspect of the of the team, I mean, he might not go directly to Chris Henderson 
and write him a note and tell him, look, this is the list of players that I want. But he might talk to his father and his father does the work for him. But there's somewhere, somehow, a connection between the players that are signing for Inter Miami and Messi and what he wants and who he wants to play with in Inter Miami. So I think, to me, that's that's pretty clear. So, I mean, it's obvious that this is a major factor in the decision, right? Like, yes, the weather here is nice. Yes, uh, Inter-Miami, you know, was competitive last year from a, a you know performance standpoint in terms of once Messi arrived, they were a bit more competitive in the, you know, they won the League's Cup. Uh, they made it to the Open Cup final. They were already on their way there. Um, maybe in, in league play, they weren't as good as they should have been. But the building blocks were getting... Uh, put in place for this year, which is expected to be the big year, the boom uh, with Messi and co. So when it comes to Suarez, yes, all of that is appealing, but the biggest factor is he wants to be in those pictures, man, with Jorge Mas and David Beckham at wow. Gecko in Miami next to Leo Messi and Sergio Busquets and Jordi Alba and the wives. I mean, when you saw, when I saw those pictures last year, you know, those three and Jorge Mas, David Beckham and all their wives – and I was like, Luis Suarez, I used to jokingly think this in my head. I was like, Luis Suarez must be in Brazil being like, man, I should be in that picture in Miami. Uh, and now he's here. I mean, the friends part is a massive part in all of this. And one thing that I, you know, I appreciated and I liked is normally teams, you know, they try to, they try to stick to the, the PR and the, yeah, he's here to win and he's a winner. He's done it all with the Uruguay national team. And sure, there was... There was an element of that here with uh, with the announcement and how you talked about his accolades, and, and, and rightfully so. But but they also, in making the announcement, posted a picture of four kids with the jerseys of Busquets, Alba, Suarez, and Messi. They, they went right into the point of, yes, it's a reunion, and that's a big factor of why they're here. There you go. See, there it is. Uh, you can see the four kids just sitting there in one of the training fields at Dry Pink Stadium. Can we confirm? Does anybody know if these are their actual kids? I think it is, right? I think they are. I mean, what makes me think they are is, you know, um, Busquets, Busquets' son, because I, I think I've seen I've seen them a couple of times, and and he looks familiar. He looks familiar. So I think so. It's a good idea, but at the same time, it reinforces. You know, the thought that, you know, they're getting together as friends and, you know, you're going to get some criticism out of it because is it the right decision, you know, for them just to be back together so many years apart from what they did in Barcelona when they were really successful? I, I don't know. I don't know. I think it's nice. But at the same time, if, you know, when the time comes and, and if results are not there for this team, then you know, people are going to start thinking, well, this is just messing sure. his friends and, you know, they don't care. Well, that, about that, there's no, there's no doubt that that criticism is going to pop up at some point. Yeah. I don't know if it's going to come up from us, but it's going to come up at some point where when the team maybe doesn't hit the results they need to hit um, in a stretch that people are going to be like, oh, well, look, that's what happens when you build a team of friends as opposed to a team of right. players that are supposed to compete. But listen, and you see it here from Princess Shorty, obviously, a bit of a joke, uh, tongue-in-cheek, vamos <laughs> Inter Barcelona here in the comment section. But look, I mean, the level that they're at 
and obviously four players don't make a team, but the level that they're at are really going to boost Inter Miami's chances of winning something of significance in 2024. I mean, I'm convinced of that. I mean, that don't, I don't think there's any other way to look at it. Now, could you make the argument that they're all older? Are they going to hold up? Are their bodies going to? Is it a good idea to put players that you know build around that many players who you know who's uh, who are at the twilight of their careers? I mean, I can hear that argument, but I still think if you have the opportunity to sign four players like that, uh, I mean, you you, you don't hesitate, especially if, right. You know, center pieces. But you know, this is this is the NYCFC in 2015 when they signed uh, Frank Lampard. Andrea Pirlo and David Villa. And I mean, the only one out of those two that was really, really never up to snuff was Andrea Pirlo because he was just didn't have the legs for MLS. I mean, right. I think this is a different circumstance, different contexto, um, un contexto diferente. And I think, I think it's it's going to pay out. I think it's going to pay off. Sorry. Um, now, to what extent? We'll see. And that's the question I have for you here, my friend. That's the next question. And I don't okay. want a long answer. And before I even ask the question, I, will, I have to preface this because last year when I asked you a similar question, I think I put out my worst take in the history of Miami Total Football Radio. My worst take, not the worst take ever because you've had some, some crazy ones. Um, <laughs> but, but it was definitely my worst take. I think I just got caught up in the euphoria of the announcement and uh, not I didn't get to really like look at it from a, from a more – uh, clear-cut perspective as, as maybe I should have. And that was that Joseph Martinez was going to come in and score X amount of yes. goals. And I, I I think I said over 15 or yes, maybe 20. Yes, that was bad. That was, yeah, especially on a Phil Neville team, right? So I, I didn't, you know, I, I think I got carried away. I think I, I didn't look at it um, objectively enough or, or uh, analytically enough is probably the better the better way to say that. So, yeah. um, so the question now Luis Suarez. I don't want to just say regular season because, I mean, again, he's not just going to play regular season. He's going to play other competitions. You know, there's so many games. We can talk about that later. And and, and just, just, champ, just to make it clear, we can't judge this team on the regular season. We have to judge this team on the year as a whole. You know, the regular season... For me, at least. But this team has to win MLS Cup. So this team I mean, yeah, they MLS have Cup. to win it. But if they get in in fifth or fourth place oh, yeah. because they needed to sacrifice stuff, you know, for other competitions, that's fine. So I don't want to – I think, you know, we need to take the whole year into account here. But go ahead. Go ahead. I know. I think I know where you're going. The, qu the question is very simple. How many goals does Luis Suarez score across all competitions in 2024? I know it's early days. I haven't yeah. even seen him kick a ball. Yeah, no, but this is fun. Yet. Yeah. But but this is the exercise. So right. next year, next year, a year from now, I can make fun of you for saying whatever number you said. Because I, yeah, I mean, right I don't, I don't think it's going to top my Joseph Martinez. I think I said 15. Yeah. I think I said 20. I don't know. I definitely, definitely yeah, got carried terrible. <laughs> yeah, I was right about Joseph, by the way. Um, okay. So look, I think he will score over 15 goals in 2024. That's it? 15? Yeah, over 15. How about 20? Over 20? No, I don't think he'll score over 20, but he'll, he'll score anywhere between 15 and 20 goals, not over 20. I'm going to go big again here, and this time I feel much more confident. It's not about Luis Suarez, <laughs> not Joseph Martinez. It's a completely no, different no, player. So No yeah. offense to Joseph Martinez, but uh, I mean, Luis Suarez, his pedigree and his, his track record, su trayectoria speaks for itself. Habla por sí mismo. I think he goes 20 plus in all competitions, not an MLS regular season. Right. But in all yeah. competitions. No. Now, 
to push the envelope a little bit further, does he get 25 or more in all competitions? And I think that I think that's the more like uh the, the, the line. Like I think that's where if you're placing bets, I think that's like the real good shout. He's going to crush MLS defenses. He's going right. All you yeah. need to do is give him half his space, and he's scoring one goal here. He's going to get a header there. He's he's savvy. He's you know he's a wily veteran. Um, astuto. You know even on you know he goes on the border sometimes. I think he's going to have a tremendous season yes. so long as he can stay healthy. That is the and that's why if he stays healthy. Then yeah. it's going to be a big year. And that's why I don't think he goes over twenty. Because I don't think he can play every single game, you know, even though in that same interview that you talked about early on, um, he did mention that he he really needs to stay on the field. I mean, he really needs to stay active. He's not the type of player um, like Messi that, you know, likes to rest over the week. You know, he wants to train every single day. You know, he wants to be out there now. It's one thing to say it from the comfort of your home. And then it's a completely different scenario when it comes to June in South Florida and you have to be out there, you know, it's, it, it's taxing for, for, I mean, we've seen it with, with Karen Gibbs. We saw it with, um, with Lewis Morgan early. Um, I think we're still, I mean, we see it still with um, Christoph. I mean, it's it, it's going to be a challenge. So I don't think he plays a lot, and that's why I think he gets to and anywhere between fifteen and twenty. So a lot of minutes for Leo Campana, all the same this year. Um, yeah, Campana will get some of it. I I really I'm having a tough time, um, when it comes to Campana and figuring out what his role is going to be and how effective he can be. He's the, he's going to be the starter. He's going to be the guy that does the dirty work. That's playing in those in those summer games in the middle of the season. That's giving Suarez a rest when Suarez needs a rest. I mean, Campana will do a lot of the grinds, a lot yeah, of the grinds. Needs... But he's not going to get a lot of the glamour. A lot of the glamour is going to go to Suarez. Right. But he's going to be Campana's going to be the one that's get um. It's going to be tasked with grinding through this year, grinding through this season. I'm convinced of that. By the way, Princess Shorty with another gem in the comment section. I like. I love that Franco turned into an auctioneer. Do I hear 15? Okay, go. Okay, 15. So I hear 20. We got 20. What, what about 25? Um, that's funny. That's funny. Um, see, the comment section has stayed on point. See, Solid. they're not rusty. Always. You and I, a bit rusty. And I, I think Campana plays a massive, a massive part. You know, I think he plays Yeah, but a that's not an easy role, Franco. I mean, that's not easy. And, and Campana, I don't want to say he's young, but he doesn't have a lot of experience playing that role. You know, it, so I, I think he needs to start every now and then, but not just one game because Juarez is not available. You know, he's going to work hard and he's going to deserve to start at some point. And it, it's going to get to him mentally, the fact that he's only starting because Juarez is not available. That's so what, that's, where, that's where Tata Martino is going to have to manage that. Right, that. right. But, but it, it, it's not on Tata at the same time. You know, it's that's pretty obvious. I mean, we know it. And we don't train with them, but he he's gonna have to realize that his role is different now. Even though if he's you know having is great it, is training it any sessions, different? is it gonna be any different than when Higuain was here in twenty twenty two? Yes, it, it is going to be different because at that point, you know, it was a different Campana. 
Campana was just looking for an opportunity. And um, when he uh, grabbed the starting role and took over um, Pipa, you know, that, that was a big moment for him. That was a big moment. It was a little bit of an unexpected thing as well. And that's what, you know, made him deserve what he has right now, which, you know, it's his, his important people, people think have high expectations of him here in Inter Miami. So I think the mental part of the game is going to be a, a bigger challenge for him because it's not easy, you know, to put out a good performance all the week during training session and just know that it doesn't matter what you do. You know, it's going to be Suarez who's going to be starting if he's available. And if he's not, then that's your chance. If I had to divvy up what I think the starting odds are, you know, between both of them, right? Because there'll be probably somebody else that gets starts here and there at, up top. But I would say around 60-40 in Campana's favor. Campana's going to start more games. He's younger. He's fresher. He's go- he's going to have more opportunity to... I don't know. You're telling me that minutes. Campana will start six out of every 10 games for Inter-Miami? I think over Suarez the, is over going the to miss Over the course of the season, I mean, it's it's Luis Suarez going to be starting in the you know the MLS's first round in the U.S. Open Cup. No, no, but is he is he going to be starting against you know I'm, I'm just picking up a random team but those here. Are, those are obvious. I mean, is he going to start against the Houston Dynamo on a hot day in Texas in the summer? Not, and I don't I don't know if it reminds me. I have to look the schedule again to see if it reminds me. But Houston, but just as an example, I think there's going to be a lot of opportunity where they're going to manage Suarez and where. Campana is going to get his his role again. It's not going to be the glamorous role where hey, if they're playing a cup semifinal or a cup final this weekend, that he's likely to start, unless he's in that much better form. But I, I don't think, think that's I the right think, approach, though. But I, I mean, think that, even I think if that's, that's going to be the reality of the situation, and he's going to either have to accept it and adapt and and you know do the best he can to be a team player and then figure out what his future is after this year. Or he's gonna, or he's gonna know. sink, and then I mean that's why I think Tata's role will also play an important part in in how he manages that. Look, there's nothing, nothing says um, to me more that that's what's gonna be the case than this picture right here. This picture right here, Luis Suarez holding up his Inter Miami jersey. He has been given the number nine. Now we don't have the story for how that happened. We don't know if Campana gave it up. If Suarez did a favor, we don't know how. How it's happened that he's gotten the number well, nine, but Suarez has the number nine, so Campana will be changing numbers uh, again. Supposedly, and according to an interview that Campana gave in in Ecuador, and I apologize because I I don't remember the outlet. Um, Shame on you. Yes, I should remember this, but um, Campana said that Luis Suarez actually called him to ask for the number nine and. You know, he agreed. Yeah, I know in baseball, you know, you're supposed to give something to the player that you're taking the number from. I don't know if that happened, but, you know, whatever. I think Campana will be happy just with the call. Um, I would be too happy with the call as well. <laughs> so, um, and in that interview, by the way, Campana mentioned that he did receive some offers during the offseason from Greece, Mexico, and there's some other country that I can't remember right now. Rusty, very rusty. Um, so, yeah. I mean, if that conversation happened, I think that's a good step. That's a good start because what I thought immediately, oh, my God, Campana is going to calm the preseason. He's going to think that number nine is still his. And guess what? No, it's Suarez's number now. But I, I want to I I go back to the 
number of games that I think Suarez will start. I think Suarez will start comparing with Campana. Suarez will score. Will start seven out of ten matches, and then the three matches will be whether Campana is available or not. Maybe Facundo Farias. I don't no think. Chance. I don't no think, chance. I don't. I don't think Messi is gonna allow that. You know, he's, he's not gonna want to see Suarez on the bench, just waiting no and chance, waiting man. and waiting. It's, listen, you said it earlier. It's uh, the long game. The long game. The games that matter are at the end of the year. That's when you need Suarez. You don't need Suarez in May for a home game against. I, I, I happen to agree that both you Messi can't. and Suarez will miss will miss a lot of games early on because I think they both want to be in Copa America. They want to play Copa America. And that's that's the priority. At least for Messi, I think that's pretty clear. I don't know for Suarez because for Suarez, you know, it's it's a grind for him to get into the roster, right? I mean, it's it's harder for him to get minutes with, with Uruguay than it is obviously for Messi to get um, minutes with, with Argentina. So... I think Messi 100% will be thinking Copa America from the first day of preseason. And you he's know, already thinking about it. Did you not see the gym picture he posted with his wife today? He's looking all jacked. He's going to the gym, lifting weights. Messi looking strong. He's looking like he's ready to, to take on some Walker Zimmermans out there. Um, what? On a, no, come on. He's thinking about strength. Copa America. Okay. Hey, listen, 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 listen. I think part of it is his age. I think he's also just trying to adapt and reinvent himself. It's not the same as you think he's getting ready for FC Dallas and and Nashville. He's getting ready for the year. He's getting ready for the year. Alonso Alinka in the comment section. My friend Paniso, Goat Suarez and Messi, 100 goals. Alonso, please tell him. Please tell him that Messi cares a lot more about Copa America than I'm about saying he Nashville care a lot more. I'm in not week saying three he... of the MLS regular season. Please tell him. Tell him. I think it's about taking care of himself, taking care of his body in general. So MLS is a very physical league. Center backs are very physical. I think he's preparing himself for the year. It's not like he's not going to be playing on an almost weekly basis, right? Or sometimes where he's going to play two games in a week. So he's got to prepare I think we, see, we saw it happen this year already. You know, he, he really took care of himself because he wanted to be with the national team in the FIFA window. You know, it, it was a mistake probably from... From Tata to play him in that um, Toronto FC match, yeah, maybe it was a mistake. But right after that happened, you know, he was thinking about the national team. And that's I – can, I can completely understand that, you know. Well, it's Miami can't be a priority for him. I mean, the national team is a national team. He's a world champion. He probably has under 10 games think, with the national team in his career. And I think that's why – I think something you're not – emphasizing and thinking enough about in your opinion on how many goals Suarez scores. Because there's going to be just, you know, those, I don't even want to say 50-50 balls. I mean, there's going to be just those balls that pop into the area that you wouldn't think much of, but because he's Suarez, he's going to put those in the back of the net. Those are going to be, those, some of those plays are going to end up in goals. But you've forgotten to mention that he's going to have Lil Messi feeding him. Messi's going to draw so much attention that that's going to open up a lot of space for Luis Suarez. And yeah, I, think I mean, you're, I think you're under. I think you're really undershooting. But we'll talk in a year. We'll talk in a year. Right. Yeah. I think you're really undershooting that he's not going to score more than twenty goals. You've said fifteen or so. I'm saying anywhere between 20. fifteen and twenty. Yeah. I, he doesn't I'm go saying, over. 20. No, 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 no. 
It's either 20 and up or or less than 20. You can't give you can't give me 20. 20 is like the line. No, okay, less than 20. Yeah. That's so fine. he scores less than 20 with Messi behind. less than 20 goals in, in MLS. Okay. Yeah. I think he scores over 20. And if I have to bet, and maybe again a year from now, I'll eat crow. <laughs> I think he scores over 25. I think he's going to feast on these MLS defenses. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. No. He's going to have a party. That's for sure. No doubt about it. Unless he gets suspended because yeah, of VAR, because he does antics off the ball or something. <laughs> That's the stuff that can also get him in trouble, which we haven't really talked about here. But before we go into any more of that, I want to hear or share his quote on his present state. Because obviously, you know, let's talk about the knees and his if he's healthy, et cetera, et cetera. Again, he's had a great season in Brazil, a great year in Brazil. This is what he talked about when he was asked about his present day. Vengo de Brasil de una liga muy competitiva, de cual a nivel personal y a nivel de club no me puedo quejar. Tuvimos un año increíble y bueno, es una demostración más de, de que estoy bien, eh, tanto futbolísticamente como, como físicamente y eso me hace sentirme con muchísimas ganas de, de querer comenzar el, la 2024 ya. Eh, creo que queda muy poco para volver a empezar y bueno, creo que son son lindas posibilidades que, que me da el Inter para poder seguir demostrando de, de que puedo seguir haciendo grandes cosas en, en el fútbol y, y hacer crecer a Inter. All right, now we're back. Uh, let's see. Let's see. We'll see what happens with Luis Suárez. We'll see how many goals. He puts into the back of the net. I'm convinced he's going to have a great year, and that's going to really bode well for Inter Miami's chances. Don't again. I don't think he starts every game. I think Campana is going to be the workhorse. Maybe that's the best way. He's going to be the one tasked with grinding through the less glamorous games, but the big games, the more important games, the games where there's more on the line. That's where Luis Suarez, if he's healthy, is going to be starting in my. So, opinion. so what if Campana goes in a in a scoring run? Starts, you know. Three matches. And that's, that's, and that's why I'm saying Tata Martino's role in all of this and how he manages it all is going to be a big factor in, in how everything plays out. Because if Campana's on a good run of form, like you said, but they have, you know, Open Cup quarterfinals, I mean, I guess that's a little bit easier. He could probably go Campana. But let's say, I don't know, they're, they're playing the league's Cup. Open Cup is not the problem because Open Cup can be anywhere between one game and seven. You know, I mean, it's, it, well, let's even say, less let's, say, let's say it's, let's say it's, a, let's say it's the fall and they're, they're heading into the, into the playoffs. First round of the playoffs or whatever round of the playoffs they're in. And Campana has scored three goals in his last four games. So I just has scored one. I mean, that's where he's going to have to make the decision. That's where Tata right. gets paid to make the decision of, do I go with the hot hand? Or do I go yeah. with the guy who has la trayectoria, the track record, the pedigree, the know-how? Um, and is and Messi the, going to get upset? It's going. To, it's going to make. It. It's going to make for some great talking points. I can already guarantee you that between yeah. you know yeah. fans, between media, it's going to be like, well, should he start? This? Should he start? The Campana start? No way, Campana should start. Should it be Suarez? But Suarez hasn't scored. In the, it, it's going to make for some great. Uh, everybody's going to want well, conversation. You know, at least fans. Everybody. Everybody's going to want. Uh, uh, I mean, fans are going to want Suarez to start. Not necessarily. If Suarez is not, I mean, come you on. know, up to if Suarez isn't showing it. I mean, listen, you're only as good as your last game. People will remember you for your last game. Yeah, but in that's in a day. regular. That's in a normal uh, football atmosphere. You have to remember that Inter Miami right now 
it's 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 a situation where people buy tickets and spend a lot of money to watch the big names. You right, know, I, I think over eighty percent of the people that go to the stadium. They just want to pay a lot of money to see Messi and sure, Suarez Jose, together. The conversation around the team is not going to be all oh, the fans that are coming and going. That's not going to be the biggest talking point when it comes to results and how they're doing. The biggest talking point is going to be like, all right, who's playing well? Who's not playing well? Why is the team doing this well? Why is the team not doing this well? Who should be starting? Who should be coming out? Like like it is every year, Jose. The, to- the talking point of the fans and all that's just that's extra. That's surplus. That's you know over there. That's stuff we will talk about, I'm sure, but it's not like the main points. The main points will be. From much of the fan base, should this guy be starting or this guy be starting? From the people that are really invested and are following the team on the day to day, I think this year, I think this year, I agree with you. This year is going to be is going to be uh, big. This year is going to be big. All right, let's quickly change gears. We've talked about Suarez for a good minute. I don't think we've talked enough about Suarez and Messi together as as uh, attacking tandem, but we'll have plenty more episodes and shows to talk about that shortly. Quickly, let's go into the regular season and preseason schedules because we have games. We officially have games announced, and we have a bunch of games announced. We'll start with preseason. Here is the preseason schedule as of today. Inter Miami is going to go play El Salvador's national team on January 19th. Then we travel to Saudi Arabia to play in two friendlies over there, including the game against Cristiano Ronaldo's Al Nassar. So that game officially is happening. Last pod, Andrea and I did. It was rumored. Inter Miami put out a statement, but it wasn't set in stone just yet. Well, now it's official. We'll see Messi versus Ronaldo one more time at least if, you know, if they stay healthy and if everything comes to plan. You're going to bet that the marketing and the PR around that is going to be into light years space or light year speed or it's, it's just going to be in the stratosphere. Uh, after that, they go to Hong Kong to play uh, like a Hong Kong All-Star team. After that, they go to Tokyo in Japan to play Bissell Kobe on February 7th, and they round out preseason on February 15th against Newell's Old Boys at Driving Stadium in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Only one game at home, right? And they're playing, look, they're playing a busy stretch there. January 29th through February 7th, they're playing four games and, you know, what is that, a week and a half, almost two weeks? Um, and it's going to be a lot of miles. This was a question you had for Chris Henderson in our end-of-year availability, our end-of-year press conference with him, uh, about you know the commercial opportunities versus the sporting opportunities. And Chris Henderson gave uh, – I think you might have asked that, that too. But you know they talked about how they have to balance that out. and they, yada, did. Yada, yada. they did not balance that out at all. The commercial side, the business side, won over – the sporting side by far. I think it's a very fair question for anyone to say or to ask, has Inter-Miami taken the wrong approach here? Because they are going to have a lot of miles before what is the start of a very busy and important year for the team. I, I get why they did it. I get, you know, from a financial standpoint and a marketing standpoint, and I get why, but I don't agree with that decision. I think, Yes, you could have had a, a, t- a quick tour or a quicker tour in Asia or in the Middle East, but then gotten back home and spent a little more time here in South Florida. This is this preseason schedule is very much made to make a lot of money, to draw a lot of attention, uh, and that is not prioritizing the sporting side of things, which I think will not help Inter Miami. I don't know if it'll hurt Inter Miami in the start of the season. No, it will. I don't, hurt think, I don't think it's gonna. I don't think it's going to uh, help them necessarily. 
it, it will hurt them. I mean, preseason is very important. You know, it's it's very, very important. And, um, you know, all the traveling is something that, you know, Jordi, Messi, and Suarez, and all the big guns might be, um, might be used to, you know, because th there's always conversation about, you know, European teams coming to to United States for for preseason, and they get a lot of criticism for that. Um, so I think it's going to hurt them early on in the season. I think that's where they're going to, you know, have a little bit of trouble with it because this is not a normal preseason. I mean, all the traveling, it's going to be really hard um, for for Inter Miami to have two sessions uh, on very often during preseason, which is something that's normal. You know, they usually work in the morning and then they come back in the afternoon, maybe play a, um, an inner squad game uh, late, late, late during the day. I don't think that's going to happen this year. I mean, so it's it's going to hurt them. It's going to be it's going to be difficult early on. But, you know, if they don't get any injuries, then, you know, I think they'll be fine. They're, you know, they, they'll get back into it. There's obviously not com not 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 complaining aloud from Tata Martino um, about his team not being ready and having a lot of games this year. They just he can't complain about that anymore. He can't complain about that because he has had enough time to build a solid roster and also at the same time he's sacrificing the most important time of the year. But he's been on a time out time hold on. Is he sacrificing it Jose? Because I don't think that's fair. I don't think it's Tata Martino's call. Like well as much as he as much as he's part he, of Inter Miami. Sure. But I don't think it's his call. And I think The powers that be above him are going are gonna to say, hey, look, we get that this is what you want, but this is what we need. This is what we're going to do. This is what's come from up above, potentially, from the ownership. So I don't think it's his call. I think if it was his call, you would see more games, if not in South Florida, at least in the United States. I think that would be, you know, if he had his way. But this, this schedule, this preseason schedule, screams to me marketing. PR. Oh, but we now we now know the reason why they struggle. That's what I'm talking about. You know, when he comes to us, and I've, you know, for whatever happens in the first five games, let's say they win one out of out of the first five games in the regular season, and he comes to us like, oh well, we didn't have a good preseason. I mean, we know that already. I mean, he's 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 in a position where, um, you just just can't put out excuses. No, but I don't think it's fair to him to say that it's up to like he, he doesn't control the preseason schedule. He's not the one saying, "All right, we're going to go here, here." He, I don't think that that was like, "Hmm, let's go play Cristiano Ronaldo and Al Nassar because that's going to be a very good test for our team in 2024." Like, well, then he probably decision. needs to come out and say it. You know, ah, it was, it was not my decision. It's MLS, it's MLS. Then he's going to have to back him up. Then he's going to have he's going to have to back, back him up, just like he did in the fall here when Messi was injured. He's going to have to pin himself in a corner publicly. I right. mean. I'm really, really looking forward. And when the schedule, the games were starting to be announced, and I, I kept, I kept a, uh, a list of all the games, and I kept updating it with every game that was officially announced. I, uh, I mean, it, it was an away game. It was there were all away games. The last one that was finally announced was the home game against Newell's Old Boy. I mean, I've just called it the frequent flyer miles from Inter Miami. I've called it the Travel Plus, whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, it's it's definitely not a preseason schedule made to emphasize the sporting side. And I've from then, even when then, when the games were being announced, I thought, I can't wait to hear publicly when they're finally asked about it from one of us in a scrum or in a press conference, what they have to say. I'm, I'm sure they've already manicured 
the response and saying we're playing international competition and it's really good. And yes, there's going to be some travel, but we're, you know, we're taking first rate uh, airplanes and flights and super incredible accommodations. The players are going to be comfortable. They're going to have massages at their beck and call. Like, I already know. I can't wait to hear what they actually say, but it's going to be something along those lines. And right, Simon yeah. Evans here, our other usual co-host, says Franklin's travel budget for preseason better start a Patreon, man. Look, honestly, I'm not going to lie. I was this close to booking to El Salvador. It was surprisingly cheap round trip out of Miami. Uh, I did not pull the trigger because I've got something else going on on those days, unfortunately. Um, so I won't be there in El Salvador. I, I was very, very tempted. I tried to recruit Jose and Andrea to come with me, but they've also got they've got some work stuff calling them though here in South Florida, whereas I have just some personal life stuff calling me. Um, shout out to that game following on January 19th, by the way. That was the biggest blow to my to my opportunity of of heading to El Salvador for the first time in my life. Uh, but look, this this is going back to the point. This is spot on, I think, from always pessimistic Ralph Lucarella. Inter-Miami are the old New York Cosmos. It's all about the stars, period. And there's absolutely an element of that here. Again, I understand why, like you can understand why, but we don't agree with that because you could have built a different preseason schedule um, that emphasized a little bit more of the sporting side. And if Inter-Miami gets off to a slow start, the players start dropping with injuries, if this isn't managed in a very good way, the fingers are going to go back to I don't know if they're going to go to Tata. They're going to go to the, just the team in general for prioritizing the wrong things. And I think it is a big risk. And I get why, again, money. I don't I agree don't, with yeah. that. I don't agree with it. I get it. But I think they're taking a big, big risk, especially for what this year is supposed to be. It is, excuse me, it is a massive year for Inter-Miami. And they could be playing well into late fall, early winter if everything goes according to plan. So I think it's a big, big risk that they're taking there. Yeah, I think, you know, it's 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 going to hurt them. I, I have no doubt that they can recover from it, even if players go down. I mean, usually when you don't have a good preseason, that doesn't necessarily translate into bad results because, you know, anything can happen in any given game, especially now with VAR. You can win a game late that you're not supposed to, but yet you do. Um, but it, it's it's about injuries. That's that's the main thing. When when you're not prepared for um, a season, as long as it is in in MLS, and especially for Inter Miami, and and how taxing that the season can be this year uh, mentally for for the players as well, I think that's where preseason's gonna hurt them more than anything else. You know, just not having a real preseason because this is this is not preseason. You know, this is the, I mean, if we go back to next year, and obviously that's a completely different scenario, but Inter Miami, they basically had a I mean, week or two away. You remember? Also, that? Look at that. Look at, but look at this. Look at this for this year. Right? They play January 19th. Okay. They don't have another game until January 29th. But from January 29th to February 7th, they're essentially playing every, every three days February 1st, February 4th, February 7th. So yeah. in that span, there's no way that they're going to have, you know, preferred starting lineups out there every game. You know, and that's where you're going to miss some of the opportunities to have those repetitions and to have those, um, you know, those sessions together that you would other normally otherwise. So I think, you know, it's going to not help them. I don't know if it'll hurt them a whole lot. It just depends on how the team does, if they stay healthy. 
but I don't think it, it, it helps them in a big way. But you kind of have to definitely... play Messi, though. You kind of oh, have you don't to think play Messi. You don't think it's... Oh, so you don't think it's written in those contexts that Messi has to play right. X amount of minutes? Yeah. Absolutely, it's written in it those contexts. There's no, there's no, there's no doubt about that in my mind. Not inside information, yeah. my supposition, but uh, I don't think you can doubt any chance. You know, maybe there's one game he doesn't play somewhere, but um, but I doubt it. I mean, he's got a, he's he's the the big ticket item. He's the reason why a lot of people are spending that money. Now, again, as we saw in MLS, just because you buy a ticket doesn't mean that a player is guaranteed to play. But because these are preseason friendlies and there's all these different marketing and financial uh, elements to it all. I think that that's going to be written in the contract that, Hey, if he's healthy, he's got to play at he least plays. X amount of minutes, yes. right? Like that's, no, that's of course, big of course. And listen, if I was paying for Messi to come over and play my team, I'm a hundred percent sure that, you know, I, I, I need Messi on the field that day, you know? So, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's I mean, yeah, they're going to the other side of the world for people to see Messi. This right. Team that Inter Miami that Messi plays on this. I mean, they'll be like, "Oh, Inter Miami, okay, it's to grow the brand." No, no doubt about it. Inter Miami has even talked about that publicly. This is to grow the brand. So, I mean, yes, but it's going to be yeah, Messi's you know, team. That, it's Messi's team. That part of the conversation for me remains to be seen, just because growing of the brand, I think that need that I Jose. will I will one hundred percent believe that's the case once Messi leaves. And still, Inter Miami gets to go and play. Jose, um, if Inter Miami, and Salvador will go and play in Jose, Japan, in Tokyo. We're, we're gonna get we're gonna get sidetracked here. But Jose, yes, yes. I've traveled true. to a good bit of South America and Central America in the last few months. Yes, and I've seen Messi jerseys everywhere. Now that's Latin America, okay. where you know Messi's. Have you seen any Campana jerseys? Have okay, you seen any so, Campana jerseys? Oh, but Inter Miami is. Don't forget, Inter Miami is going into its fifth season. So. Yes. It's not just necessarily about again for Inter Miami. It's not just about the on-field product. It's about getting those pink jerseys out there, those black, jerseys, making right. themselves a more recognizable brand. It's not necessarily about you know, oh, are these all going to be diehard fans? No, probably not. But if people can recognize a pink jersey and say that's Inter Miami on a more global level, then then I think that's what Inter Miami is looking for. I think that's what that's the question. For. That's the question. The question. I just happen to believe people see that as. Messi's jersey, not as Inter Miami's jersey. Sure, but ten years from now, once Messi moves away from it, and if Messi goes and plays, you know, in 2026 for Pachuca and Liga MX, you'll see Pachuca jerseys all over the world. No, no, no. Ten years from now, and it it will be Messi. It's Messi's team. Ten years from now, ten years from now, ten years from now, if you see that pink jersey, I'm convinced that a lot of people will know what it is. Whether it's a Messi jersey, whether it's somebody else, you just see that pink jersey 10 years from now because of what we are living right now, people will recognize it. Just like when you see, I mean, it's, it's not the same. Maybe it's a terrible comparison. They will if recognize you, it. If you see the NY on a hat, if you see the NY on a hat, you know it's the Yankees, right? Because that, that no, brand no, don't is... Comp- I mean, come on. Don't compare Inter Miami to the Yankees. If you see the NY, you know it's the Yankees. Yes or no? Yes, of course. Okay. So 10 years from now, after Messi's done his thing and had his stint here, you don't think people can recognize a pink jersey? A pink jersey is a pink jersey. I mean, there's not that many pink shirts like right. out there in the world that you see commonly anywhere, yeah. right? A, a blue hat you could see anywhere. But yes. So uh, I think that's what they're going for. That's and this is part of what they're trying. So to what's achieve. what's the next jersey? Uh, when Messi leaves, what 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 are the jerseys that are going to be sold worldwide? Do you think the Venha Kremaski jersey is going to be sold worldwide just because he's an international? It's about the player? jersey. It's about the name. On it's about the crest on the front, not not the name 
on the back. Really? Like, like, in 10 years, when Messi's not here, it's not about like it's not about this. It's about people recognizing this, the front side. This Yeah, this that's that's what I think it's not gonna happen. That's what I think it's not gonna I, happen. I disagree. I disagree. Uh and look, and Carlos Moreno here in the comment section, and I agree. After League's Cup, the jersey's already recognizable. It was on every major absolutely right now. Yes, right now, yes. Everybody wants that jersey right now. My thing is, but people, no, it's not about leaves. wanting. It's about remembering that what that's that what that is. If you see a pink top down down the street, and it could just be a collared shirt that somebody's wearing from Calvin Klein, or it could be Lacoste, or it could be uh, Polo, whatever you want to call it. But you're gonna uh, think Inter Miami. You're gonna think Inter Miami. You'd be like, is that Inter Miami jersey? Oh no, it's not is that Messi's jersey? People are gonna say, uh, no, is that is that know. does that have a ten in the back? They're gonna be like, no, it doesn't have a ten in the back. I'm not gonna lie, man. Every time, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. Since he's arrived, Inter Miami jerseys here in South Florida, like they're just everywhere now. Everywhere, you see them. You see people wearing them everywhere. And exactly, if you go back, you know, a few years, you didn't really see that many Inter Miami jerseys. Unless you're going to Inter Miami game or Inter Miami event, you didn't see randomly Inter Miami jerseys littered and throughout just public places in South Florida. Now you see it. Anytime you go out, almost anytime. Every soccer-related event in the world has a at least a, a an Inter Miami jersey. Every, so, but I still believe that happens because of Messi. And I don't know if that's going to happen after the Messi era here in South Florida. Just don't know. I, I I don't think so. It might happen. You know, we never know. But I don't think that that will well, happen. Well, we're we're gonna cut through our what I had planned to be like a schedule and schedule talk, but maybe it's good to cut it up here with some more Jersey talk, Jose, because I know you love to talk about jerseys. Actually, Steve Brenner hated talking about jerseys. I think you'll have a little more fun. You're more into the soccer <laughs> culture aspect of, of the beautiful game um, as opposed to just the X's and O's. I love the X's and O's, but I like I love the, the global culture uh, or the culture that, that the beautiful game has um, globally. So there's this thing. There's this thing. That apparently is going to be what Inter Miami's home jersey will look like in 2024. Now, oh, there's Lord. been different pictures. Hold, hold on. Different pictures have come out. There's been different shades of pink. Some people have said it's going to be a salmon pink like you're seeing here. Some people have said it's going to be more of a traditional pink. I think it's going to be a new shade of pink. Um, and I'll, t- I'll say why later. But the biggest talking point besides the shade of pink is the design. Got the Royal Caribbean logo, which is the new team sponsor on the kit. And that's in the center, like normal. But on top of it, you've got the crest. And on top of the crest, you have the Adidas logo. Everything is vertical in this jersey, reportedly. Jose, please give me your thoughts. Do you love this? Do you hate this? And why? Um... I don't hate it, but I don't like <laughs> it. Oh, sorry, while you say that, Carlos Moreno says, that's hideous. And Princess Shorty says, the F is that. Yeah, it seems more like a training jersey, doesn't it? Princess Shorty also adds, Jose, you hate it. <laughs> Probably, yeah. It is atrocious, man. Carlos Moreno says, vertical logos were popular in the 90s for a spell, but does appropriately. Uh I, I don't like it. I think it's hideous. I think it's atrocious. It can maybe salvage it a bit if they change the shade of pink from that that salmon. It looks like a tuna roll that you might get on a on a sushi roll some at some restaurant. I mean, the the shade of pink 
doesn't look great. There's been other pictures where the shade of pink was different, which looked better, but the vertical, it, it, it's just, it looks awful. And I jokingly tweeted out when the, that image came out there from footy headlines, by the way, I know it was in the image, but I didn't, I didn't mention it. Um, footy headlines ever reliable when it comes to leaking Jersey information and, and Jersey uh, designs. I jokingly said, I look forward to the moment where Leo Messi scores the game-winning golazo in extra time of the CONCACAF Champions Cup to send into Miami to a Mundial de Clubes, to the Club World Cup. And he goes to kiss the crest on his left chest. And rather than kissing the crest because it's not there, he ends up kissing vast reddish-pink space. Um, now, obviously, that's tongue-in-cheek, but you get the idea. I think it's a hideous look. Very, very disappointed um, with this jersey. I'm big on talking about jerseys because, you know, it is a big talking point for, for fans and for uh, a team and the talking point around a team every year when they release a new jersey or new jerseys. You know, do people like them? Do people not like them? Of course, beauty's in the eye of the beholder. I'm sure it'll still sell like hotcakes because Messi is on Inter-Miami and now so is Luis Suarez. So it's going to sell a bunch. It'll probably break a lot of records, but that thing is hideous, man. If they would have left it, Traditional, I think it would have been more passable. I think it's ugly, very ugly, very ugly. Have we seen any any you know any more reports on this? Because I, I know they're usually very good. So, so but... I'll say this. I'll say this. We spoke to a league, of, not a league. Sorry, a club official last winter in February, right before the season started. I don't know if you remember this. Yes. And we talked about jerseys. And one of the questions I had then, and I've been meaning to write something on it because I've, I've been holding on to that quote for forever. I have it in my phone in video format. I've been meaning to put it out. I asked him if Inter-Miami was going to continue to change the shade of pink that they use. Or if the plan was to start to get some consistency with the pink that they, well, this pink that they started to use. And he said... The plan is for them to continue to adapt to different shades of pink. It's not to have a consistent pink week in, or year in and year out. And I think you can see that, even though it might be a little hard to tell here, but this shade of pink is brighter and bolder than this shade of pink. And the one that's supposed to come out this year is going to apparently look even more different. So it's, it's part of their strategy. They want to sell jerseys. Yes, they want to own pink. But they also want to make a lot of money. And if they put out a pink like this every year, well, then what incentive does that really make you a consumer, you a fan? You know, how much more incentive does that make it for you to go want to go buy it? Right. Like, unless the design is so incredible, you're probably not going to get it again because these jerseys are not going for cheap. Um, so they're going with drastic changes. That's why we've seen, you know, how many different shades of pink since 2020 when Inter Miami started. Either it's on training tops, jerseys, et cetera, et cetera. We've seen different shades of pink. Remember the, remember the first year? And I know there was Adidas issues there, but the shade of pink they had in year one, while everyone was excited because it was La Rosa and La Rosa Negra and it was pink at last. There's a team with pink. and it was, That shade of pink is hideous. If you compare that top, you look at that top and you compare it to everything else that has followed, it's almost white. It is hideous. hideous. Yes. We, we were just, everyone was just so excited to finally see pink that everyone was like, all right, it's cool. But it, it even back then, I used to tell my friends and my family, and I think I would even say maybe – few times we talked about it on the pod, that it, it looked terrible. It was a weak shade of pink. It wasn't bold enough. It just, it, 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 in pictures, you could see that it almost looked white. So 
Uh, but it's Inter Miami's approach. It's Inter Miami's approach. How about some of the other MLS teams? Are they have, have we seen any any of the um, jerseys for for them? Because you know, as you know, it, it, they're they're all the same in MLS. So not always. They're trying to do a little different. They're trying to make it a little more like abstract art for each one. They're trying. They're trying. They're all made by Adidas because of the, the deal. Well, if there's trying. one team that they need to do something different for, I mean, it should be Messi's team. Well, right. there is, and I don't have the image here. We'll save that for maybe next week's pod or the first pod of 2024. There is, of course, that talk of Inter-Miami getting a... <laughs> there's talk of Inter-Miami getting a third jersey for the first time this year. And obviously... Oh, then that makes sense. Well, when you, you haven't seen these reports, Jose? Yes, but this thing that you showed right now, I mean, that could go, you know, anywhere except well, this, on the field. And, you know, the, this, the other two. <laughs> this third kit that they'll use in games apparently is going to be Miami Dolphins themed, which I'm very, very confused by. I mean, I guess they're trying to tap into more of the uh, American market, so to speak, maybe by trying to do that. I mean, if that, that's true, if that holds true. I mean, I don't understand what those colors and what that scheme has to do with Inter Miami. Why not do That's pink and black vertical lines or, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But we'll get there later. We'll get there later because we're going long. It's already been over an hour. We've still got a couple of things to talk about. Jose, let's quickly switch gears to the regular season schedule. This is it. And I know this graphic that Inter Miami put out doesn't make it the most easy uh, to figure out or to read through. But Inter Miami starts its regular season with a midweek match. A midweek match, Jose, on Wednesday, February, what is that, 21st? Is that yep. 21st? Yes. Against Real Salt Lake. After that, they go away to the LA Galaxy on the 25th. They return home for a March 2nd, an early season Sunshine Clásico, El Clásico del Sol against rivals Orlando City. Then they that get into Champions no Cup. Then they play Montreal. And the games go on and go on and go on. All right, Jose. I mean, we're not going to dive into the whole season schedule right now. We could. We can do that, you know, later on as we get closer to the season as well, especially when we start talking about preseason. But what are your initial thoughts on that schedule? Um, you know what? what out to you? I, I haven't put a lot of thought into it because I just happen to believe this year in particular – the MLS regular season means absolutely nothing for Inter Miami. You know, it's know uh, just about nothing. playing games, about getting nothing. ready. Um, if they finish up in first or in sixth place, doesn't really matter. They should be able to win games, you know, when it matters at home or on the road. So, I mean, if I'm an Inter Miami fan, I'm happy that they sacrifice you know, half of the regular season and, you know, just concentrate on winning um, Champions Cup and winning U.S. Open Cup, getting back to the final at least on that because, you know, U.S. Open Cup can be tricky. You're not going to play your starters early on. So you might end up losing a game that you shouldn't. But if you do win those early rounds and you end up in the final, you have to win a Champions Cup. Those are tournaments that are a lot bigger than the regular season. They're a lot more important. I mean, Champions Cup gets you to the Club World Cup. That's 1,000% more important than finishing in third place in the East. It's 
It means nothing. It means nothing. The supporter shield means absolutely nothing. I don't. So hold on. I don't. Okay. I can't say that the regular season means nothing. I think it's it means nothing. something. And what I think it means, it matters for playoff seeding and positioning. Inter Miami is not going to want to go into the playoffs being a low seed and having to play away from home. They're going to want that home. Why? Crowd. They Why? are the better team. If they have all the players ready, they are the better team. You still would rather play at home. You would still rather play at home. I think what Inter Miami will for do For commercial is try- purposes, maybe. I think Inter Miami will try to finish, you know, top four. They, they would like to have some home field advantage in the playoffs. I think that that's what the regular season matters for mostly. I don't think, I mean, the rest of it, like you said, I agree to, to an extent that, yes, the uh, overall, you know, point of the regular season isn't to finish first. I mean, if they can, while also managing minutes, uh, great. But if they don't, then it's not the end of the world. They need and they want MLS Cup, and I imagine Champions Cup as well, because that puts them into the club world. Look, you don't want to be Cincinnati this year. You want to be Columbus. You know, that's, I think that's the easiest way to explain my point. You know, you, you can be Cincinnati and be great in the regular season and break all type, all types of records and, you know, do whatever you want. But if you don't win the league, it's not a successful year. You know, if you have Messi, you have to win everything. You have to win everything. You don't have to win anything. every game. You have to win every tournament. Yes, you have to no, win them all. No, you have to win them all. No, disagree. I don't think I don't think that if they win MLS Cup and they win Champions Cup, if they didn't win the Open Cup, that the season's going to be considered a failure. Like it's, it's not going to be considered a failure, but they are expected MLS to win Cup, it. MLS Cup, and Champions Cup. That will determine if they win one of those two. I think you can call the season a success. If they, I think, but actually, I think MLS Cup is and while Champions Cup gives them, you know, puts them into the Club World Cup. I think they have to win MLS Cup. Why? They, Why would win. you rather have MLS Cup than Champions Cup? Champions Cup because is that's what puts a star over the crest, man. That's what puts. Now, see, now you're going to your. Now you're now you're being a member of Inter Miami's marketing team because the star that goes above the crest is for MLS Cup. I think that is the most important cup that they can play because they haven't won one. No yet. way. If they had won one before, then that's a different story. They haven't won one yet. No. I think way. that's. I think that's the most important cup. If they can you know, win a there's Champions There's a reason why Real Madrid wants to win Champions League every year. Also, because they dominate the, the league. They've dominated the league alongside of Barcelona for Every team decades. in the top leagues, they'd rather have the Champions League they have, than have a league You're title. talking about a team that's existed for five years. You cannot make that comparison. You cannot make that comparison. It's not well, the same Well, I'm just saying winning an international right. competition will always be more important than winning the league. In this case, no. If, if they win the Champions Cup, but they don't win MLS Cup, I don't think the season can be viewed as an outright success. What's harder? Cup, if, to they get, don't, if, if you want the star in your crest, what's harder to get? A Champions Cup star or an MLS Cup star? What's harder to get? The Champions Cup star, in theory, although and, some, of these, listen, some of these CONCACAF teams, sorry, Jose, including some of your Honduran ones, are terrible. So let's not act like, oh, there's some, some elite-level soccer that's being played here internationally in CONCACAF. Because well, but that's that's where you're competing. I mean, if you want if 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 you want to have um, better quality, you want to have better opponents, then you probably shouldn't be an Inter Miami fan. Because I mean, there's no way that Inter Miami will play Copa Libertadores. My, my point is, my point is, season can't be a success for me if they don't win at Moscow. That's what's going to be the barometer. That is the gauge, the measuring stick in. And Leaks Cup, is, it's an, an afterthought, right? <laughs> Leaks Cup doesn't matter. Leaks Cup, they've already won that. And that's, and that's my whole point. They've won that, so it doesn't matter. They haven't won an MLS Cup. And the point is to yeah, have but... Messi 
help lift that first MLS Cup to be in esa well, foto just like he was in League Cup. I think that let's is just agree that important. they need to win those tournaments. I mean, those are the two most important tournaments. I think we can agree on that, right? Yes. I mean, yes. Champions Cup and MLS Cup should be the two most important things. If League Cup happens to come by and you win it back to back, so be it, and then Open Cup after whatever happens in the first couple of rounds. But I, I still think they, they need to go for for um, Open Cup and Champions Cup early on and then battle back in, in, in league play. If they have to, you know, maybe they they do good enough, you know, during the first few months of the regular season. I mean, it's it's not ideal, you know, to start a home midweek match, then go to the West Coast and then come back. So... You know, but the, the, I think that they'll be the, used to traveling. That's for sure. That's the point of uh, that's a good answer to the question, right? What, what stands out to me most about the schedule? I think the early impression is that start. It's yeah. just a rare start. It's an unusual start. I don't think I can't remember the last time I've covered MLS now for over a decade, thirteen seasons maybe. I can't remember a time that a team that I covered started a game midweek or started a season. Sorry midweek in MLS season that had champions league games as they were known then or during midweek, but a regular season starting on a Wednesday, that seems unusual. It is unusual. Yeah. And then to play Orlando in the third game of the season, which is a rival at home. I think that's also a bit unusual and weird. I don't know. Something about the schedule just seems initial impressions seem a little bit yeah. off. Something, something's, something's weird about the but, schedule. But it's, it's not going to matter, you know. See, this this is my my point with the regular season. You know, if if they end up winning one of those three games, does it really matter? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all. But if you end up losing two games in Champions Cup, that means you're out of the tournament. So you know that's what really matters early on. Um, and you know, it's it's just that regular season, especially when you have a playoff format. You know, it, it's so forgiven that. You really need to be smart about. You know, Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. But that's what I'm saying. Top four finish. I think that's what they'll be gunning for. They might not say that publicly. They'll say, oh, we want to finish top. Oh, yeah. We want to win but, everything. Right? Yeah. <laughs> but I think if, you know, you sit in their meetings or you put a little microphone or a little hidden camera in those meetings, I think they'll be like, yeah, we'll take top four finish in the East, get us some home field advantage, and we'll go from there. All right, Jose, very quickly to round out this show. We haven't heard a whole lot about. Player personnel changes. Haven't heard any new additions. There's been rumors about Marcus Rojo. There's been reports about Julian Gressel. We still haven't had an official report or communication about official press release about Chris Henderson extending his stay, but he's still operating in the in the capacity he's been in, as far as we know. The biggest one that seems that has the most traction behind it is Julian Gressel, who has played under Tata Martino before. He just won MLS Cup with the Columbus crew. Not the best defender, but certainly someone that can push forward into the attack from that right wing back spot and can whip in some very good service with that right foot. He can also play midfield, but I don't think they're bringing him here or looking at bringing him here to play in the midfield. I think they're looking at to bring him here to play that right wing back spot in Tata's preferred five-man back line which I think is what we're going to see for much of this year. I agree. So but so that means, that's interesting, right? So let's talk really quickly about that because um, we can save the Chris Henderson talk for later. If Julian Gressel comes in, he's a starter on this team. 
Yeah. So what does that mean for DeAndre Yedlin? That's a two-part question. What does Gressel bring? Well, we talked about that a little bit. And what does that mean for DeAndre Yedlin? Well, you know, I think with Gressel, there's there's a situation where he knows Tata, Tata knows him really well, and uh, I think that's enough for me, and I would trust if I'm Chris Anderson, if Tata is telling me we need this guy, we want this guy, we should get this guy. Because if there's one thing that, you know, Tata did last year is put all the pieces together in a way that they fit what he wants on the field and what he needs for Messi to be successful. So Gressel, for me, I mean, it's it's not going to be, uh, I mean, he's not going to grab a lot of media attention. I mean, we're not going to be requesting Gressel every week. Like we'll probably be with Busquets, Suarez, and all the big names. But I think he's going to fit the role. And for DeAndre Yetlin, you know, I think there's a market for him out there in MLS. So, but his I'm days sh- his days at Inter Miami are numbered. Yes, but I'm I'm sure they why? can get something from him. Why? You know? Why are his days at Inter Miami numbered? Why, because- why? Why is the team ready to move on from DeAndre Edlin if if that's what we're you know reading into this potential move for Julian Gressel? I think it's two things. I think he's not doing enough offensively other than making runs. You know, he's mm-hmm. obviously very good moving forward, but defensively, he's he wasn't up worse. to he wasn't up to the cut this year. Yeah, and and I think that was part of the problem for Inter Miami defensively. I don't go back necessarily to the center backs. I go back to the left wing back and the right wing back. I think they move forward really well. But when it comes down to tracking back, I think that's where they have trouble. And, you know, that's why they got exposed. And I think that's the problem. I don't know if I I don't know if I fully agree with that. Like I I agree that, you know, there's goals that are DeAndre Yedlin's fault this season because he didn't do a good enough job of marking his man or following his runner, not, you know, ball watching a little too much. And I think that that's one of the reasons why they're ready to move on from him because defensively he just wasn't up to snuff. Like, you know, he sh- maybe he should have been. He wasn't where he needed to be. I agree with you in the attack. While he projects forward very well and he serves as an outlet pass, still not overall dangerous enough in that final third. Yeah. And I think he doesn't score. Russell, well, he doesn't score, and he doesn't really get that many assists. Yeah. And I'd have to look at his numbers to, to really know. But he, he doesn't give them enough in the attack, and I don't think he fits the mo- the model that Tata Martino wants to play. I think Julian Gressel, again, who has played under Tata Martino, who is a better crosser of the ball, Nowhere near as fast, but a better crosser of the ball, more polished um, in possession. I think he fits Tata Martino's view of what they want to do this year. And I don't think DeAndre Yedlin does. I, I've said that since the end of last year and the sec- yeah. second half of last year. I thought his days were numbered. Uh, I think, you know, Seattle is a very likely home for him because that's where he's played. That's where he grew up. That's where he has family. I think that's where he will end up. Now it's a matter of what Inter Miami gets back. For him, maybe he ends up in another MLS team, but I would put my money on on the Seattle Sounders. Uh, it's just a matter of what Inter Miami gets back from him. There's definitely yeah. they should be they should get some compensation. Although right. Seattle does their their job well, or whoever does their job well, they're going to be like, well, we know you don't need him, so we're not going to give him up. Uh, well, yeah, we're but not I think take him. we're not going to give up a lot for him. Sorry, that that's where you know if if you grab some more interest from someplace else in the league, then, you know, that's something that you can that's work where you out. Use it that, as, that's as, your leverage. Right, that's your and, leverage. And, you you got to have teams competing against each other for you. 
Right. And then, you know, one more thing that makes me think that, you know, Gressel, you, you talked about the pace, you know, obviously DeAndre, it's, it's you know, that's that's his main asset, really. And I don't think Inter Miami needs that right now, you know, because they're going to be a possession-based team. They're going to want to slow things down. So they don't want players running up and down the field constantly from through the wings. They're gonna need some speed though. You can't be a. They're gonna need a, some, but they they don't need at the you know the level of speed think, that the Andrew. I think it provides. has more to do. It doesn't have to do with the speed or not speed. I think it has more to do with his player profile, and that's that he's just not a player that's you know overly positive in possession. It's not great in possession this year. Look, he started twenty five regular season games. He had twenty eight appearances overall in regular season. He had five assists. And MLS is a very uh, flattering league in terms of recording stats because they give secondary assists. So I don't know how many right. of those assists are Probably secondary one. to compared to primary assists or direct assists, yeah. but it's still not enough for a team like Inter Miami that wants to attack. Now, half the season was with Phil Neville. And he moved forward a lot, though, with both coaches, really. I mean, well, the moved He projects lot. forward very well. Yeah. He's an outlet pass often and regularly, but he's not good enough in possession to combine regularly to be a threat, to make those runs in behind, to feed teammates with clear-cut balls in the final third. He just he doesn't have that. It's not part of his game. Right. So, and for Inter Miami, with them wanting to be this offensively overwhelming team, you know, I think Julian Gressel is a better fit. And I think that again, I mean, I think the writing's been on the wall for a while now that DeAndre Yedlin's numbers were, you know, the number was on the wall, or his, you know, his days were were counted here. You know, despite him being a, a good leadership guy and help setting the culture and right. um, being a fantastic quote with us. I mean, I think just from a player fit standpoint, it just doesn't, doesn't make sense for what they want to do. And I, I would disagree because I think we're going to see this even with Julian Russell this year, last year or this year, sorry, this past season in Miami. Yes. Gave up some goals because the, the fullbacks or the wingbacks weren't doing a good enough job, but I think they just inner Miami struggled with Tata, especially to find the balance between being this possession-based attack-minded team and being a team that can, you know, thwart the counterattacks that are inevitable when you play a high line. Like, I don't think they had the center backs nor the maybe the shape consistently enough to do the job. Like, they, they just couldn't find the right combination. You know, when they went to a back four, they would get exposed. When they went to a back five, you know, it was the combination of center backs. Were they all having a good day? Were they all in sync? I think, I think that's where they struggled more. Than just like the wing backs just being completely to blame for a lot of the goals. I mean, they have their share of the goals, but I think it's just more of a function of the team as opposed to just individual mistakes and in players just being a repeat offenders. Now I have a question for you. Okay. All right. Because we're about to wrap up. Yes. So if Marcos Rojo signs with Inter Miami, as it is reported in so many outlets in Argentina, what happens with Christoph? I think he's the odd man out. Not, not talking about, yeah. I mean, I'm talking about starting lineup, right? Not no. talking about, because we, we know there's the Christopher McBay and Ryan Sailors of the world, which we don't know exactly what's going to happen, but they're not going to compete. If, because your question's if, if it's true that Marcos Rojo's coming, and I don't have any inside information on that, if it's true, I don't, I don't think Sergio, uh, Sergio, <laughs> I don't think Sergei Kristoff. Maybe he is Sergio by now. Maybe, yes. I was thinking the same thing. I, we should call him Sergio one time and see if he responds. Well, I don't know if we're going to get that chance, my friend, because I don't only think he falls out of the lineup if 
Rojo comes, I think he falls out of this team entirely. I think there's going to be a market for him. He's a good defender, yeah, very good defender. He can do a job for some team in this league, but again, I don't think he's a player that fits what Tata Martino wants to do. Because at oh, the, the end of the season, of Florida. <laughs> at the end of the season, you saw it was Kamal Miller and Thomas Aviles getting starts together in the back four. Well, we know Tata loves to- Toto. If that makes well, sense. Tata loves Toto. There yes. you go. So I think it's going to be let me compose myself. I think it's going to be <laughs> I think it's going to be if you speak Spanish, you'll probably understand that reference. If you don't, I'm I'm not going to bother to say it because it's not even worth bringing up. Um maybe it is, I don't know. Uh Kamal Miller and, and Toto Avilas are the one and two, you know, in my perspective, from how Tata Martino sees his depth chart. I think Sergei Kristoff just doesn't fit the mold. Sergei Kristoff had some massive games, tremendous games. I thought he was immense in the League's Cup final, but I just don't think he fits what they want. He's not fast enough. Is he clean enough on the ball? He can be, but not consistently enough. I think that they are going to look to upgrade that position. I think it's just a matter of finding who comes in, and I think Kristoff is going to go out. I don't think he sticks around. Yeah. I don't think, you know, with the money he's on, the experience he's at, someone could use him somewhere in the league and Inter Miami can get something back for him. So, Jose, let's leave it there. We've talked for a good bit. I try to avoid the hour and a half shows, but, you know, we haven't talked for a month. Pretty hard to do. So, anything else you want to add here? We should be back. I don't want to say next week, but we'll definitely be back before preseason starts, which that would mean next week. Late, late next week or early the following. But, um, anything else you want to add, Jose, before we wrap up the show and wrap up 2023? Yeah, no, I just want to wish everybody watching a uh, happy new year. Um, hopefully we get to enjoy one more season of Inter Miami. I mean, it's, yeah, I think we can't complain about 2023. It's been awesome. And, and I'm just um, glad that we get to do this. I'm going to be here a lot more. Not that it really matters, but I'll try because it's fun for me. Um, so, um, yeah, just want to wish everybody a happy Freaking new year. Diva. And... The diva of Miami Total Football is Jose Adamans. <laughs> no. So, um, yeah. So, happy new year, guys. I will share and echo those thoughts. Thank you guys for listening in 2023. We obviously changed the setup from strictly audio to now visual. You get to see our ugly mugs now. Um which I don't know if that's impacting our numbers in a great way, but nonetheless, here we are. So, uh, no, thank you guys for sticking with us through another year. Uh, it was it was interesting to see the change, and it coincided with Messi's arrival. So, obviously, it's been a, a memorable 2023. We thank you guys for tuning in. Have a happy, happy new year, however you choose to celebrate. We will be back very soon for more Inter-Miami talk, analysis, discussion, if you haven't already, please give us a follow, a subscribe, a like on all our social media channels, especially here on YouTube. It helps us out tremendously, and it doesn't cost you a thing. I, people have always said, why don't you monetize the channel? Why don't you monetize what you're doing on these social media platforms? And I refuse to try to charge any of you guys a penny. It's just not my approach. So all you have to do is just give us a like, comment, a share, a subscribe. That's all I ask uh, from you guys. So. Happy New Year. We will talk in 2024. That does it for 2023. Another Inter-Miami season and year in the books. So for Jose Armando, I am Franco Penizo. You have been listening to Miami Total Fuba.
No, it didn't come out. Radio. It didn't come out again. Radio. There we go. Got it out finally. All right, guys. We will talk to you guys in 2020.